Hello everyone, this is Alfadi. Thank you so much for joining me again uh, in another video of this uh, fabulous series about Islam and atheism. And in the past few videos, myself and Dr. David Wood, we covered a number of examples when it comes to uh, how, for instance, ex-Muslims who declared themselves to be atheists uh, because of the fact that they were troubled, for instance, by the morality of the Prophet of Islam, how can they basically uh, navigate through or even uh, justify making decisions based on moral actions when in fact atheism tends to try to deny, uh, you know, the existence of any uh, morality or moral power, if you wish, or a, a greater moral giver uh, and in this case, of course, uh, Muslims, a lot of the youngsters lately who are disturbed by what Islam teaches, specifically by the actions of the founder of Islam, they tend to gravitate away from the faith. As I said, with me here is Dr. David Wood, who've been unpacking a number of those issues, and today uh, is no exception. We are going to talk about yet another tough topic related to the morality of Muhammad and some of his teachings that are still applicable till this day. David, welcome back. Good to be here, sir. So what are we gonna talk about today in relationship to Muhammad's morality and how that applies, of course, to those who declare themselves to be atheists? Muta. Muta, okay, you heard so of this? that's a temporary you heard, marriage. You heard of this? Right. Yeah. Did you hear about that in uh, Saudi Arabia? You know, you hear about it, but uh, as you know, uh, Sunnis tend to try to distance themselves mm -hmm. from that, and they claim that it's the Shia. Yeah. And they also will say, well, it was abrogated, in other words, canceled. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, the, the puzzling thing is still there in the Quran and in the Hadith, of course. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, the, the, one of the things you find is that whenever there is a, um, you know, a country in distress where you end up having uh, a lot of uh, poor people in war-torn areas, uh, a lot of the the rich, wealthy sheikhs from Saudi Arabia start showing up, right? Yeah. And they uh, they start uh, hiring these uh, 11, 12, 13 year old girls for uh, muta marriage. So just in case everyone uh, is, is is new to this, um, in Islam, in Islam, situations arose where uh, talking about the early history of Islam when when Muhammad's around. Um, situations arose where Muslims were, you know, off campaigning and, and fighting wars and they were away from their wives. And they uh, would, they came to Muhammad and said, hey, what are we, we going to do? Or should, we should we castrate ourselves? We're away from our wives. We're, we're losing our minds here. And Muhammad allowed them to, um, to do what, what's called muta or, or temporary marriage. So temporary marriage is uh, it's just prostitution, but you, you might call it halal prostitution, right? Yeah, and I want to say the word in Arabic, muta, means pleasure. I mean, if that tells you anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, yeah, the temporary marriage is if you want to have sex with a prostitute, you just pay that woman to marry you for an hour or a few hours or a day or a few days or something like that, whatever you guys agree to in the contract. So you pay her, she marries you for the time that you want to uh, have pleasure with her, and then everything's okay with, with Allah. So notice it's the same thing as prostitution. You just get married um, for the, the, the duration of that, and, and then everything's fine. Sounds like a legalized mm -hmm. prostitution. Yeah, right. yeah. So, <clears throat> um, so here, here's, the situ here's the situation. Um, in the Muslim sources, in the Muslim sources, uh, Shias, Shias still, uh, still allow um, muta marriage 
uh, and you, you can you find this happening uh, all the time in, in Shia areas. Um, but uh, Sunnis, in the Sunni sources, there's a bit of inconsistency. Some of the Sunni sources, and, and, and their top sources, the, the, their top sources are inconsistent. Some of the sources say that, well, they, all the sources agree that Muhammad allowed it for a while. That's right. Um, some of the sources say that Muhammad eventually forbade the practice. He, he eventually said, no more muta. But other, uh, other passages in those same sources say, no, 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 it wasn't Muhammad who forbade the practice. It was one of the caliphs. And then basically people started saying that Muhammad forbade it in order to, in order to do away with it. Let's look, at, uh, let's look at one passage from Sahih al-Bukhari. This is Sahih al-Bukhari, 5075. We used to participate in the holy battles led by Allah's messenger, and we had nothing, no wives with us. So we said, shall we get ourselves castrated? He forbade us that and then allowed us to marry a woman temporarily by giving her even a garment. And then he recited to us, O you who believe, make not unlawful the good things which Allah has made lawful for you. And this kind of, uh, this passage uh, kind of makes it difficult for um, people to say decisively that Muhammad forbade muta, because basically if you have some passages in the hadith saying that Muhammad eventually forbade muta, but you have other passages saying, no, it wasn't Muhammad, it was one of the later caliphs. Well, Muhammad specifically says in this hadith, when he was allowing muta, um, don't forbid yourself what God has allowed. Right. And he's talking specifically about muta, which would mean that one of the later caliphs would have no right to say, hey, you can't, you can't do that anymore. And the context, David, is like, you know, he's talking about, I mean, uh, at worst, uh, I mean, at best case scenario, uh, he's talking about uh, sleeping, you know, with woman. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't say, well, uh, marriage in this case because it's temporary. Mm -hmm. So there is no commitment here in terms of uh, a real long-term marriage, technically mm -hmm. speaking. So he's justifying to these men how they can satisfy their basically sexual desires. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's kind of the moral issue that we wanted to draw attention to. One it's it's prostitution, which here is what what are they actually doing? They're, they're saying, "Hey, I want to rent your body. I want to rent your body for a few hours to satisfy myself sexually using your body and I'm going to give you something." And in the passage we just read, he said it would give her a garment, right? So um, hey, yeah. we have the spoils of war, th something like that. We got some extra, we got an extra coat laying around. Hey, I'll give you this coat to be my wife for the next two days. Um, and I'm going to have a bunch of sex with you. And then I'm going to, I'm going to give you the, the coat um, in exchange. We have other Muslim, sor Muslim sources that say they would uh, give her uh, like a handful of flour. So you'd be able to bake, bake yourself a loaf of bread. Um, that's what your body is worth to me. I'm going to use your body and I'm going to give you enough for a loaf of bread. Um, and so this was perfectly acceptable. So the only, so there, there's, there's no disagreement that Muhammad allowed his followers to hire prostitutes mm -hmm. for this temporary marriage practice. Um, the only disagreement is whether he was the one who forbade it or one of the later caliphs uh, forbade it. And then the Shias don't even have, don't even have that problem. That's they, right. They, they still allow it. So notice what this does is if you want to practice muta. If a Muslim in Saudi Arabia, if a Muslim sheikh in, in Saudi Arabia um, wants to practice muta, he can just say, nope, I've got all these hadiths right here that say it wasn't Muhammad. It was one of the later caliphs who did it. And so I'm going to believe these. And Muhammad himself used the Quran to say, don't allow. I mean, exactly. don't, don't, don't allow anyone to forbid you what Allah has allowed. And so I'm going to keep practicing muta. I'm going to believe these hadiths. And if you find the practice reprehensible, 
Then you could go to the Hadith that say Muhammad forbade it, and you say, oh, okay, so you know, maybe he, he allowed it for a little you know, period of time, but then he, he eventually forbade it. Which, I mean, gosh, why, why are you allowing it for, uh, you know, for, for a while, right? Exactly. I mean, what's the point? Is it just for that battle only? How come it didn't specifically say that? Yeah, and, and I mean, I mean think, think about the reason a Muslim would say, oh, you know, it was just allowed for a, for a short period of time. You could say, well, things were so bad right there that Muhammad had to allow it. Well, well how is that different from any other later wars after Muhammad? So why would that, still, why would that not be a practice that, that continues? But the, 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 moral, the moral issue here is, again, that Muhammad was allowing his followers to pay women to use the woman's body, uh, not for any sort of uh, long-term commitment, but just to satisfy themselves, and then paying the woman for the use of their bodies. Now, are you saying there's no, you know, uh, treatment, uh, uh, you know, woman rights and, and uh, equality and things like that? I mean, I wonder where the Me Too movement uh, and, and yeah. all of this. Yeah, well, I, I don't know what their position would be. We would find we would we would find it uh, morally reprehensible to uh, be doing that to uh, to be treating women in, in that way. Your your objects for us to pay um, for uh, for uh, sex. Now. So here's the issue. This is one of the issues that would uh, bother lots of Muslims. When they think of their, their prophet being this holy man of God, and your average Muslim has never, your, your average Sunni Muslim has never heard of this, uh, except in the context of, yeah, there was some early practice or That's something right. like that that, that that now no longer exists. But um, it's something they need to think about. And if a Muslim is thinking, you know, really, is you know my, my, my prophet allowed uh, men to have sex with prostitutes just by giving them something and then saying, oh, well, I'm going to be married. I'm going to be married for the next three hours. It looks like he's just using theology to justify all the same practices that people wanted to do anyway, right? It's, it's you know, if you look at what, what people do during that time, you know, they're going around, they're fighting, they're taking sex captives, they're, um, they're hiring, you know, you could hire prostitutes, they're doing all these things. And Islam just comes along and says, hey, we're going to do all the same things, but we're just going to say Allah, you know, Allah's cool with it. And we're kind of going to come up with ways to do the exact same things but Allah's going to be happy with it. And so lots of Muslims will look at this and go, there's something very suspicious here, that Muhammad's getting all these revelations that just justify all the, the, the basis, lowest desires of, of human beings and say, here's how Allah. Isn't what, that what Aisha told him also? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. God is quick to satisfy yeah. your desires, yeah. basically. So, yeah, yeah I, 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 one of the greatest comments of Aisha uh, ever. Yeah. Um, in fact, that should be a video, like Aisha's, Aisha's best burns, like like number one, number one would we be. We should do this. Yeah, number one would be. Uh, uh, I have not seen any woman suffering as much as the believing women. That's right. That, um, that was a powerful one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, see, now, now I'm thinking about a video. All right, back back to this one. Um, <laughs> Uh, so anyway, you, you, you have this problem. You have this problem that, that Islam is allowing prostitution here. And lots of Muslims would look at this and say, is this really the greatest moral example of all, of all time? Is this really the pattern of conduct that we should be following? And so they can't trust Muhammad anymore because he keeps doing, he keeps doing these kinds of things. And then so they leave Islam. But as we pointed out, a lot of people who leave Islam become atheists. And here, once again, if you become an atheist, if you become an atheist, what happens to your moral objections to Muhammad? If you become an atheist, what happens to your moral objections? What we find is that people will become atheists and still have their moral objections to Muhammad. They'll still say, I condemn Muhammad for these things that he did. I condemn right. Muhammad for uh, allowing his followers to use women's bodies in this way. And so they'll continue condemning it, not realizing that their, their new ideology completely undermines the reliability 
of any, any moral claims they have. Because if you were an atheist and you took it seriously, you'd have to say, um, hey, what's the, what's the foundation of my belief? What's the foundation of my belief that it's wrong to use a woman in that way? Well, you could say you're kind of, you know, human beings have a kind of herd instinct that's wired into us that, you know, we, you know, people tend to, you know, want to help other people who are in need or something like that. I don't even think that would, uh, that would apply in this situation. Um, you, you know, herd instinct doesn't have a lot to do with, you know, a financial transaction between a man and a woman for, for sex. So I think all you could do as an atheist is say, well, I just come from a society now where that's frowned upon, where we don't do that anymore, where we view women more highly than them. And so it's just my society. But if that's, if that's your only basis, then you'd have to say, okay, my society teaches that, you know, you shouldn't treat women in that way. Muhammad came from a different society. So whose society is correct? Well, there's nothing in atheism that would allow you to say, well, this one is better than that one. Or this right. one has a superior morality than that one. And so once again, the issue comes back to haunt atheists that we look at this, we look at all of these moral problems with Muhammad, all of these things that he's doing. And we look at them and we say, these are wrong. These things are wrong. They're clearly wrong. And lots of atheists would agree with us and say, yes, these things are wrong. The problem is atheism doesn't allow them to be really, those things to be really, really wrong. They allow, atheism would allow you to not like it. Atheism would allow you to say, well, this, this doesn't agree with my current beliefs or something like that. But it doesn't allow you to say, this is, this is, uh, this is actually really morally wrong. All you can say is you, you just don't like it. And so Muhammad allowing his followers to hire prostitutes turns out not to just be a problem for Muslims who claim that he's the greatest moral, more, he's the greatest moral example who's ever lived, turns out to be a problem for atheists as well who have now no basis for even condemning the behavior. So problem right. either way. Right, right. So the, the, you can see, you know, uh, uh, why these examples that we're doing are so powerful. And the way we're doing it, by the way, just to give you an idea, is we're doing one problem per video because we want to just dedicate that video just to that one specific problem. And it helps you also in your search if you're looking for, for instance, muta marriage or temporary marriage, you'll find a video like this. Uh, if you're talking about wife beating like we discussed it earlier, you'll find a video about that. So so this is how we're going to be doing it. And uh, in the next video, of course, we'll have yet another moral dilemma uh, for uh, those ex-Muslims who uh, want to declare themselves to be atheists. Our hope is that they will pay attention to these kind of uh, tensions that we're raising here and hope that they will turn uh, their attention back to Christ. Muhammad was a sinner, and uh, all of us are sinners in need of a savior. Muhammad missed out on that opportunity. You still have that chance. Thank you, brother. Mm -hmm. And I uh, can't wait, of course, for the next, uh, you know, uh, moral or in this case, immoral example by the founder of Islam. Zainab. Yeah, there you go. That's the hint right there. Thank you so much. Till we meet again, have a blessed day. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch this video. We can't make these quality videos without the help of partners like you. So please consider becoming a Patreon supporter today at patreon.com forward slash Sierra International. I want to make sure you always get notified when we release a new video, so please click the bell to be notified and of course make sure to subscribe to this channel. If this video was helpful to you, please click the thumbs up. Thank you.